mercy and grace seen in the beauty of your great salvation. And Lord, it is out of your great mercy and grace that we are called to present our lives as an offering, living, holy sacrifice of worship to you. We thank you for this morning. It is a special day to gather together as fellow believers to worship the great King. This I pray in your mighty name, amen. Amen. It is great to see all of you. I'm glad that you're here. We even have some guests here, so welcome those, even those from college and everything here. So welcome one another. Greet one another. Good morning, and I was going to say this also, if you didn't grab one of our communion little cups here, if you can, you can sneak out right now, grab one, we got these available, we're going to be doing communion towards the end of our time together today. I'm going to give just a few announcements, my name is Pastor Cody, I'm one of the pastors here, and honored to be here today, and yeah, this, I'm, I'm excited about the message, I almost want to skip announcements, but we got to do some announcements. So a couple things, Christmas caroling. Some of you signed up for Christmas. How many of you signed up for Christmas caroling? Look at all those hands. All right, awesome. I am, this is how I work. When I think of a meal and stuff, I told my wife, I'm like, yeah, we're just going to do a meal before we go. That's great. And when I do that, I just get a meal, and that's all I get. I just get like the main thing. And, and my wife is always like, why don't you get other stuff? All you need is meat, and that's it, right? I mean, that, that's, that's what you need. So I have forgotten to get other stuff. So if you are coming at noontime, I've, I've got a bunch of large chicken pot pies, and I also got a pumpkin pie. That's all we need. But if, I forgot to get other stuff. So if you're coming to Christmas caroling, if you wouldn't mind, if you're able to, go somewhere and just grab something festive like some cookies or salad. We don't need salad. There's something green in the chicken pot pie. We're covered. So yeah, if you're coming, please, if you're able to, grab something on the side so that we just don't have my thing that we got. So that is again today at noon. And we're going to gather together, have some fun doing that, blessing our community in a variety of ways. Secondly, for the second announcement, we have our next Sunday service. We're having three, again, three the same services as in content, but at three different times. We will do our two morning services like we have now, and then a 6 p.m. service. So choose one of those. They're all going to be the same. So if you want to come to all three, that's awesome. But if you have festive things going on um, Christmas Eve and you want to come Christmas Eve night because that's what you want to do and that's more of a traditional thing for you, great. Do that. Awesome. Does that make sense? That's all the announcements. I get like two announcements. All right. Each week we take time and celebrate what the Lord is doing. And what I want to do is we're going to celebrate something here, but part of this is thanking many of you so there's gonna be a couple pictures up here oh there i am feeding uh whipped cream to someone so 
With our connections with law enforcement, we've been able to host a few things last week, and we are very honored to do that. One was the Jailer Volunteer Appreciation. In fact, the sheriff said over 50% of these events, of the programs they have, are religious. And uh, so they're all based upon Scripture and the Bible. So we are excited that they got to do that. Secondly, we have Shop with a Cop. We've been doing it with Shop with a Cop for 14 years. And uh, it's a great time for um, schools pick students to go shopping, and they go with law enforcement. We have all the different schools represented and all the different officers. And uh, normally what we do is we shop for an hour, then we have a meal. We've been doing that at a local hotel, but their room was um, being um, just yeah, destroyed almost and just full of stuff and just they're like, we can't do it. And they're like, well, let's do it at church. I'm like, well, we don't always have to do all our stuff at our church. Like, let's do it. And we were able to host that event at our church. And uh, I've had multiple chiefs go, that was the best we've ever had. And thank you for the church. It was great to have it at the church. And that, that came from someone who doesn't even go to church. So uh, what I, with that, I want to thank many of you who are on the hospitality team who clean the church who work on buildings and grounds if it wasn't for your help your work and all that you do we couldn't do these events for our community and uh, if you notice in there each year I try to do something different with shop with a cop this year I was like let's get a Santa just to roam around and hand out candy canes but also let's get a Grinch so we got a Grinch to do that and uh, at the end if you can go back yeah there's the Grinch and there's Stacy but and then I, I said, let's do this. At the end, when we announce all of the different departments, behind the chiefs and the sheriff, let's have the Grinch steal some gifts because the Grinch was sneaking around at Walmart and Farm and Fleet. And then the Grinch was stealing gifts and all the kids are yelling, the Grinch is stealing gifts. And the chiefs turned around. We had this all set up. So then two of the chiefs apprehended the Grinch, handcuffed him, and it, they, the, the kids went nuts on it. But then as the story goes, again, the Grinch's heart changes, and at the end, the Grinch was handing out candy canes, and uh, the kids loved it. So it was a great time. Well, look at that. It's just great to have that. So thank you on behalf of law enforcement and even our community that we're able to host a lot of these events and, and do a lot, especially with law enforcement. We thank you. They're very grateful. So again, thank you those who are in the kitchen making meals. I'll often be like, hey, I've got this event. I've got 70 dogs coming here to sniff out drugs. Would you guys make some cookies for me? And a lot of you are like, I'll make cookies. And uh, so, yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate that. So those are our announcements. So again, thank you for all that you guys have done. So today, let, let, me, let me even just start with this kind of preface here. Some people, when they work on their sermons, in fact, as we go through the book of Acts, I'm going to take a time and just kind of talk about, um, even before Acts, what, how I put my sermons together and stuff like that. I don't just find a popular preacher and print off his sermon. That would be pretty easy to do, but uh, I, I couldn't do that. Um, some people, like, typically what I like to do is like to have three pages. Three to four pages is about the amount of notes that I have here. Some have it written all out, and some just have one page with an outline. And there's a variety of ways. And there's some preachers who beforehand read through their whole sermon out loud. And, and sometimes they get in front, you know, they'll come like maybe Friday morning when no one's here and practice their sermon. And today I thought, maybe I should have done that. Only because I might have two responses out of this sermon. One is, I thought, maybe I should have practiced this to see if I'm going to cry. Then I can bring tissue. So I forgot tissue, so if I need tissue... Someone can bring it up to me. 
Or the opposite response is, I might get so excited that I'm going to lose my voice, kind of like I did yesterday at the basketball game. That's when my voice is like this. So I've got two different responses of what I'm going to have out of this, which is okay. Today, we're going to light the candle, the Advent candle of hope. We have lit the candle of love and the candle of joy. And in the tradition that we have, we light the candle of hope because both in the Old and New Testament, there was this hope of the Messiah. In the Old Testament, it was this hope that the Messiah would come. And it was veiled at many times and confusing at many times. And through this then kingdom, this Davidic kingdom, they, they knew that something would happen. But even in the New Testament, there was this anticipation of not only the baby coming, but the second coming of the Messiah. And this is held by us today as we light this candle that not only do we know that this child, as we are going through Scripture, is going to come, as Pastor Tony began with John chapter 1, we also have this hope that He will come again. That Jesus Christ, our only hope, oh, He was born a king that day, amen? And today my sermon title is Jesus the Coming King. And my intention today is to show you that Jesus is the greatest gift. The gift that keeps on giving. And he is the ultimate object of hope. In our Advent series we have seen Jesus as the Creator. Jesus as the Savior. We get Jesus. And today, He is that coming King. And He will come again. So again, I'm torn between either crying today or getting crazy and nuts and screaming. Because this is one of my favorite topics. You hear me say this often, this is one of my favorite topics. And I said this, thank you so much, Joe. A few weeks ago, I preached out of Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? Honestly, this is my favorite topic to talk about. Someday, I'm going home. Amen? Someday, I'm going home. And this is reflecting the beauty of Jesus Christ, the coming King. So before we begin, let's pray. Father, I do thank you for this day. This is truly a special day for me as I, I love to dig in your word. It is so beautiful. It is so living. It, it chases after me. And Lord, today, this is, this is one of my special topics I like to share from and about so Spirit, I ask that you would help us set our gaze on the beauty of Christ. Oh, this is the hope that we have. So guide us, we pray in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
All right, so we're talking about hope, and let's just talk a little bit about the biblical understanding of hope. I should have grabbed the book from my office. I hold it up every couple months. It's a book that I think you all should have if you want to study the Bible and understand the biblical words. It's called the Expository Dictionary of Old and New Testament Words. And in the Expository Dictionary, they say hope is this, a confident expectation or solid assurance, a desire, a trust, that is the biblical understanding of hope. And that is different than the English use of the word hope. We use the word hope often, and that's more of a feeling, and we hope that something will happen. I hope it snows tomorrow. Oh, so I was going to say, I was gonna, there was one boo. Okay, yeah, you're right, right, right. I mean, it's, it's winter time. How many of you want a white Christmas? Be honest, okay. See? All right, I hope it snows. But then again, I always pray, Lord, give us one extra month of fall. Well, we've gotten it. Okay, thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I hope it snows. It probably will not happen. It's going to rain. I hope for a large buck this year. That did not happen. In the Bible, hope is just more than a wish. Hope is more than just, oh, I hope it happens, and we don't know. The hope that we have has implicit doubt. I hope this will happen. But the biblical understanding, and look at this, confident expectation, solid assurance. The way the Bible uses hope is with assurance and expectation. It's going to happen. Two weeks ago, Pastor Tony gave a message about the hope of the coming Messiah seen in the beginning as Jesus the Creator. Tony shared from John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen? And as Pastor Tony said, he could have preached 50 sermons out of that at least. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Jesus, before he was born, was the creator. And when sin came into the world, God promised Adam and Eve that their descendant would crush the head of Satan. Genesis chapter 3.15 and here is that beginning hope. It's the first prophecy in Scripture. Even in Genesis, we got this hope building up for us. The beginning of redemptive history is found in Genesis and finds its ultimate fulfillment in Jesus, who is called the second Adam. In fact, in the song that we sing, Herald, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time behold him come. Offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel, second Adam from above. God's promise was told again and again in the Old Testament of this Savior from the line of David that surely would come. And they had a confident expectation. Their hope was set. And this hope brought relief to those who suffered in the Old Testament. The hope that the Messiah was coming. And we see that, in fact, if you get your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 11. 
We see that in chapter 11 of Hebrews. We're not going to go into chapter 11, but there was this hope that the Old Testament saints had of this promise, the promised one, the Messiah, the Christ that would come. They had this hope. Then between the Testament period, there was 400 years of silence. No more prophecies. And this tested the faith and the hope of God's children. But the promise of God's redemptive work was still real. And the hope was real with confident expectation. In fact, again, I've said this many times, I'm a product of the 80s. My 80s music is with me. Has anybody ever heard of Scott Wesley Brown, the Christian artist? Okay, four of you, all right. He's got a song that said this about the little child. Who would have thought that long ago, so very far away, a little child would be born and in a manger laid? The son of just a carpenter, but for whom the angels sing. Jesus came into the world and took on flesh. Last week, we had an awesome Christmas. Let's give all, a hand to all those who were involved in that. That was great. <clears throat> Last week we heard from Jake. I think he's a doctor, or is he not? Still don't know. He talked about the topic. Jesus came as the Savior. Christ has come to save us, and that's why Christmas is this highly celebrated event that we have. The cross is the heart of the mission of Jesus. And it brought to his people the peace that we needed with God. And as the prophets continue to instill this hope to the people, here is out of Micah chapter 5, verse 6, But you, O Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient of times, and Jesus is that Savior. And that hope, even though they waited, came at that right appointed time. I love how Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says this. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, and born of a woman under the law. Jesus came to be our Savior. Or as that 80s song says, And who would have thought that as he grew, and with other children played, this child of whom they laughed and sang would die for them someday. Oh, who would have thought that this little child was the one the prophet said would take away the sins of man and rise up from the dead? Now we come to today. And again, I told you my message, my sermon is titled, Jesus the Coming King. So you're in your Bibles at Hebrews chapter 11. Turn one page or go to chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. Therefore, since we are summoned by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race 
that is marked out for us. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The preceding chapter, it says, therefore, chapter 11, the preceding chapter in Hebrews talks about the many saints who were witnesses. And sometimes we think that, oh, the saints are up in heaven, we're like in this auditorium, and they're in the bleachers or in the stands cheering us on. Kind of like I was yesterday. My daughter was at a basketball tournament, four games, and at the end it was just one point away, two points away from each other, and it was an undefeated team. I'm like, little Cameron, are they going to make it? And they won. And I was cheering, that's why my voice, I was cheering, yelling, I'm like, ah! Sometimes we think that the Old Testament saints are looking at us going, go, you can do it. I better not do it, I'll lose my voice again. But that's not what it's like. They're the witnesses of Jesus. They're the ones who are the faithful testimonies, who bore the witness, who put their faith and trust in Christ. I'm a witness that Cameron beat the undefeated team yesterday. Yeah! They're the witnesses. They're not spectators watching us. Because I'm sure they'd be like, Cody, you got to be kidding me. Instead, they're the active witness of the historical reality of the prophecies fulfilled in Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Their faithfulness is an encouragement for us to keep going. Don't give up. The author of Hebrews tells us to not give up using this race metaphor then. And uses a few words. Look at that. Throw off everything that hinders. Here he's talking about preparation. Sin is this obstacle that will hinder us. It's a weakness in our lives. So prepare yourself. Get it out of the way. Sin gets in the way, it obscures, it impedes our growth and our effectiveness. It slows us down, so get rid of it. The life of faith is an undertaking to throw off the sin and prepare to live a holy life. Again, back in the 80s, there was this Christian artist called Benny Hester that I liked a lot. And he had a, he had a song called Secret Thoughts. All these secret thoughts you have that are sinful, Tear it out, rip it out of your heart. I'm like, that's what I need to do. Be prepared. Throw it off. Then there's participation. Let us run. We are actively a part of this. We participate in this walk of faith that we have, and we are to participate in that. Which again, the book of Acts. I've been taking months working on this. I can't wait to get into the book of Acts. We'll cover more of that in the next year and a half. And then perseverance, it's set before us. And here's what I realize. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. That's what scripture says, right? I'm not my own. It belongs to him. But also, the journey is not my own. It's been marked off for me. He's the one that's mapped it out for me. It's not my making. God is the architect of it. In this journey that I am, on is his plan not my plan thus we can run with endurance 
Because if it was up to me, I'd be in trouble. But he set it out, so now I have endurance. So how do we truly make this race? How do we make it to the end? Sure, we can learn about the saints of old. I encourage you, if you want to learn some, I've got books in my office. Go to my office, grab books, borrow them, whatever. Learn from the missionaries that we have. Learn from the saints of old. Learn from chapter 11. Learn from the heroes of faith. But their legacy is not always the best example, trust me. So here's the phrase you hear me say often. And I'll see if some of you can finish what I say. Keep your fingers in the word and your eyes on the prize. Hey, see, I say, I guess I do say that a lot. Good. And it comes from this passage here. Jesus is the per- perfect gift and the supreme model and the ultimate object of hope. We must fix our eyes on Jesus. He is that great hope that we have. Most gifts fade, break, and become obsolete. How many of you still have the gifts you got from three years ago? Probably not, right? Some of the coolest gifts we ever get, they're gone. In fact, when I was a kid, one of the coolest gifts I ever got was this half leather, half jean jacket. Total 80s looking. I mean, I should find a picture of my kids would probably cry and laugh. The thing was awesome. I even bought special, like, glue or lotion or oils or something to keep that leather nice. That thing is gone. Most gifts fade. The same go with human models. Some of the heroes that we have, they just don't work out, do they? They fall, they break. Only one has been perfect, amen? You can read through Hebrews 11 and go, these are great people, but there's only one perfect model. He endured in holiness. Jesus never disappoints. Thus, the best way to make it to endure is to what? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't put your hope on things that can fail, things that can break. Don't put your hope in yourself. Don't put your hope in material objects. Don't put your hope in other people or political platforms. Don't be like one of our former vice presidents who and mixed this passage. He mixed scripture and patriotism together. This is what he said. When I heard this, I couldn't believe it. Let us run the race marked out for us. Hebrews chapter 12. Let us fix our eyes on old glory and all that she represents. Now, don't get me wrong. You know me. I'm a flag guy. I've got six flags in my office. But here's where that is. But here's where Christ is, right? Don't fix your eyes on things that can fade and fail. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is the perfect and ultimate gift. Above all and beyond, more than we can expect. Let me give you an example. Imagine going, how many have gone to a Christmas party or will go this year? Man, some of you don't. Let's just have a party. Join us this afternoon. We're going to do some Christmas caroling, eat some food, have a party. Imagine going to a Christmas party and you're asked to get a gift. Whether it's like an authentic gift, get a gift, you know, we're going to have one for the staff where we all draw draw names out of the, you know, the hat and we, you know, get a gift and we, you know, we, I don't even know what the money is and I think it's, you, you know, I don't know, 20 bucks or something like that. Get a gift. Imagine you're going to a gift exchange for $20. 
Let me just a little side note. I'm kind of lame when it comes to those things. Like, I can give gifts, but when it comes to the, the force, like, okay, it's Christmas time, get a gift, I can just, like, roam around a store and be like, I don't know what to gift. I'm just lame. In fact, I feel sad for Pastor Tony. Every year I pick his name. I won't say who I pick this year, but I pick his name, I'm like, Tony again. And I'm like, I, I, so I get him a T-shirt. He's probably got 50 T-shirts. Like, these are from Pastor Cody. I don't know what to do with these T-shirts. And I feel limited. Also, you get this, like, even let's, let's say it's not a white elephant gift, but let's say it's like a, a real gift. I feel like, Pastor Tony, here's a t-shirt that's $20, but I'm going to throw also a Snicker candy bar in there because you're more than just $20, right? How many of you have ever gone above what they've asked at a, for a party, right? You're, you're, you're more than worth $20, so we give $25 worth of stuff. Please listen, this is important. God comes to the $20 party. Everyone's trading their $20 gifts, and he brings a billion-dollar gift. He's the ultimate gift giver. He gives us Jesus. He is so, so worthy. We think we're worth 20 bucks, right? Here's a $22 gift. But God looks at us and goes, you're worth more than a billion dollars. Dollars. God is the ultimate gift giver. And he gives to a people who are not worthy of it because we're sinners. We should be getting that coal, right? But instead, he gives us Jesus. We're not the best recipients. He gives, as Romans chapter 5 says, to the ungodly, to the sinners. Jesus is the perfect gift. It's truly what we needed. In fact, I often joke with Pastor Tony, he goes around so much. His family's all over the place, Minnesota, Michelle's family's peppered throughout the states here. They're loading up their vehicle. I'm like, dude, you just need a helicopter. Let's just get you a helicopter and you just fly all over the place. He kind of like, yeah, right. They'd be like, if we go to our staff party and everyone's giving t-shirts here, that's what Pastor Cody does. And I go, here's the helicopter, here's a yacht, God gives us more than we can imagine found in Jesus. And yet, Jesus is more than that. He's also the gift that keeps on giving. The biblical word for hope also not only talks about Jesus who came, but Jesus who's coming. The saying, the gift that keeps on giving means many things, right? I even was going to show up some pictures of, you know, different pictures of the gift that keeps on giving in a negative way. There are many benefits of a gift, and they continue over time. They won't fade out like gum or my jean jacket or haircuts that you got to keep going. There's a gift that keeps on giving. In fact, I'll, I'll just be honest with you. Don't ever invite me to like a white elephant gift because party because usually what I do is I gather the ones that nobody wants and I hide them in the house of that person we were just at a party and I feel sorry for the herringers they're going to find candy canes for the next two years hidden in unique places it's the gift that keeps on giving pastor Cody at a party how is Jesus the gift that keeps on giving hope is not only wrapped up in a Christmas present and done that day Jesus is the perfect gift because he's the author and completer of our faith. 
Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He begins our faith. He initiates our faith. And he also brings it to completion. I'm glad it's not based upon me because I would fail. How many of you ever fail? I'm raising two hands, right? He's the one that does it. He's the ultimate gift, the over billion dollar gift, and he's the gift that keeps on giving because he helps us. He's the perfecter of our faith. He brings it to completion. He's not done with us. Praise God he's not done with me, amen? We have enjoyment in him, and some days, someday we will see him. In fact, let's go keep your finger in Hebrews there. Go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, when we were doing shop with a cop, I was helping the Grinch get ready, and everyone was like, who's the Grinch? And it was great. Hunter's stepdad was the Grinch, so I was helping him, you know, went to the room, and I saw written on the board this verse, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, and I was like, oh, I love this section. Though you have not seen him, how many have actually seen Jesus? I haven't. So here Peter's talking to people like us. Though you have not seen him, you love him. How many of you love Christ? Yeah. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy for you receiving the goal of your salvation of your faith, the salvation of your souls. God has not forgotten his promise, and he continues to work it out in us. He is the faithful one that continues. He's the gift that keeps on giving. He himself stands at the finish line as we're running the race, and our eyes are fixed on him, the prize He set the course of our faith journey and he brings us to our intended goal. Amen? You know what? I said this a couple weeks ago. I'm too heavenly minded and that's okay to be. And we should be. Have your mind set on the unseen reality of the hope that is to come. Someday I'm going home. Amen? Someday heaven waits for me. With our eyes on him, him, consider him. Set our minds on him. We get strength from him, courage from him. We don't grow weary. We don't lose heart because my eyes are on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. And Hebrews chapter 3 finishes with some things that he endured. He's coming again. Back to that song from the 80s, this little child. Yet in the midst of the darkness, there is a hope. There is a light that burns. Amen? This little child, the king of kings, someday will return. Who would have thought this little child is the one the prophet said, will return to judge the world, the living, and the dead? Jesus Christ, our only hope, was born a king that day, and I believe, and I will always sing, this little child, he is the king. And I believe, and I will always sing, this little child, he is the king of kings. Amen.
a summary of our three weeks with Pastor Tony, Jake, and myself could be this. He is the fulfillment. As Pastor Tony looked at John chapter 1, he's the fulfillment, he's the word. He carried it out because he's our Savior, amen? He's the one that could do it. What I could not do, he did. And he is our goal. So here's what I want to do today. Instead of me reading this song, this little child, Kevin's going to come up and sing it. And at that time, if you got your community, if you don't have one of these, Pastor Aaron, Andre, you're there, let's put your hand up if you don't have one of these. The song is kind of a lengthy, wordy song. So I want you to, in fact, many of you have never heard this song before, so I want you to you know, focus on the words. But also, throughout the song, it says this, I believe, I believe, and he kind of goes through the phases of what our sermon series has been. Christ before, Christ being born, Christ the Savior, and Christ coming again. And you'll catch that as you read the song. So here's what I want you to do. We do different ways of communion sometimes. Sometimes we have the tables up here. Sometimes we pass things around. Sometimes we do little cups. There's nothing wrong with that. What I want you to do is this. Individually, as that song is being sung, when you just go, oh, yes. Ah, he's coming again. I believe in the Son. I want you to just take communion on your own between you and the Lord. And to do that again, remember there's this clear, thin filament piece right on top, and then there's the thicker one to get the juice. Don't do the juice one first, then you're like, how do we get the wafer out? It, and we'll also have gluten-free. Maybe I didn't do that. We'll have gluten-free available. Andre, sorry to bug you, could you run in the kitchen? We have a box of gluten-free. I forgot about that. See, my wife is always like, don't forget this. All right. So here's what we're going to do. In all seriousness, I want you to sit before the Lord right now and think of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, second person of the Trinity, the beauty of the eternal, redemptive Lamb of God. And Christmas time is that moment where we go, oh, he was born. Oh, but he wasn't just born as a little child, he was born a king. And in that time, as the song is being sung, not for you to sing it, but if you want to sing it, go ahead. Then take communion as the song is being sung. And the words will be up there so you can enjoy the beauty of the message of this song. Say, we, Maranatha, we have open communion, which means you don't have to be a member of our church to do communion. If you're a member of the body of Christ, if you belong to Jesus Christ, take communion with us. But there's warnings. If there's something in your heart, if there's something that you have against someone or there's some sin, pause. Get that right. Don't do communion until your heart is right. And if you have little ones with us that are too young to understand, we pray that someday they would come to know the beauty of Jesus, the Savior. Enjoy the song. Enjoy personal time praying as you, on your own, take communion. Thought that long ago 
so very far away. A little child would be born and in a manger laid. Who would have thought this little child was born the King of Kings, the son of just a carpenter, but for whom the angels sing. Who would have thought that as he grew and with other children played, this little child whom they laughed and sang would die for them someday. Thought this little child could make a blind man see, feed the hungry, make rich the poor, and set the sinner free. Oh, who would have thought this little child was who the prophet said would take away the sins of man and rise? up from the dead. Oh, I believe and I will always sing this little child is the This world remains the same. Empires have been built and fallen. Only time has made a change. Nation against nation. Brother against brother. Men so filled with hatred. Killing one another. Over half the world is starving While our banner of decency is torn Debating over disarmament Killing children before they're born And fools who march to win the right To justify their sin Oh, every nation that has fallen has fallen from within Yet in the midst of this darkness There is a hope, a light that burns This little child, the King of Kings Someday
have thought this little child is who the prophet said will return to judge this world the living and the dead oh can't you see that long ago so very far away this little child our only hope was born a king that mess but he's not at times I'm a mess but he stands at that finish line and I must fix my eyes on Jesus the author the perfecter of my faith and someday I'm going home if you haven't taken communion please do so now again I'm stuck in the 80s some of you be shocked that I say this but there's a band called U2. Anybody heard of there? Okay. They had a song that came out and I just clung to it. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. In the lines, again, these are U2's a bunch of Catholic boys that started a rock band. So they somewhat have a Christian worldview, but they're, yeah. You broke the bonds, talking about the Lord here. And loose the chains in the song. You carry the cross of my shame. Oh, my shame. Praise God Almighty. Amen. You know I believe it. But I still don't follow what I'm looking for. I don't know what they mean, but what I mean in that is, you know what? I've been freed, saved by the mercies of God. Praise God Almighty. I believe it. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Because someday I will be home. Amen? Amen? And then face to face, he will come again. Don't give up hope. Advent is filled with hope. A confident expectation that looks back to what God has done through the prophets, through the Messiah, through the saving work of Christ. But hope also looks ahead to the fulfillment to come, the second coming of Christ. God's ultimate salvation. A few verses in closing, Romans chapter 8. In hope that creation itself will be liberated. Someday even creation waits. Hebrews 2, 28. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time. Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Titus 2.13 While we wait for that blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. If I would die, I hope my last words you would ever remember was this. Keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes on Christ. 
the author, the protector of our faith. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand as we sing our last song together?